Hey, this is Sebastian Major from the podcast Our Fake History, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. There are reasons to suppose that only those who had received some grade of initiation were mummified. For it is certain that, in the eyes of the Egyptians, mummification essentially prevented reincarnation. Welcome to the Nightmare Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we're talking some mummies. This is part two of our Is It a Zombie? We're going to look at our mummy zombies. Now, I'm not going to go into detail as to what a mummy is as much as I went into detail what zombies were uh, last time, just because we have a really special thing uh, on today's show. So, quick things I want to talk about mummies. They are found on every continent because you have two types of mummies. You have spontaneous and anthropogenic. Spontaneous are ones that just happen in nature. You know, when you see ancient cavemen, uh, cave people, or animals that have been mummified. And then the anthropogenic have obviously been human eyes, like done by a human. And that's, like I said, they're found everywhere, every single continent, because of spontaneity. And I think that's neat. They've been around forever, and still are, actually, as recently as 2010. Believe it or not, 2010, you had Alan Billis, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2009, and wanted his body mummified. And so they, they got an archaeologist and their team, and they made... A whole documentary about it called Mummifying Alan, Egypt's Last Secret, just to kind of show people like how it's done and everything. So it's it's been around for forever, you know, but the thing is, is are they zombies? We looked at the breakdown of the word zombie last time, and if you look at the breakdown of the word mummy, it's a whole mess because it's medieval Latin borrowed from Arabic, borrowed from Persian, borrowed from as old as mummies themselves there's words that kind of meant mummy and then there's even mummy as a verb for some cultures and mummy as a noun like how we know it uh people for the longest time ate mummies like they ground them up and it was like an aphrodisiac it's supposed to help with all this stuff so mummies are are different you know but like we looked at last week does it is it a zombie you know it comes back from the dead through various means and things and it's you know there's a lot in common but there's a lot not in common so i'm incredibly honored to have fred van lint on the show um, writer of numerous marvel zombies of so many amazing comics you know the comic history of comics and of animation are two of the best books you'll ever read that you definitely need to have in your library but he sat down with me the other day and we just talked about you know are mummies zombies so without further ado mr fred van lint all right we're here with fred van lint fred how are you doing today sir doing great how are you doing great uh thanks for coming on the show i'm, I'm a huge fan i i have my screen blurred i mean this is audio medium but if you could see all my books back here i have like your uh make comics like prose, like a lot of your nonfiction stuff, a lot of your fiction stuff. Yeah. You know, people who don't, uh, people who may not recognize your name, I mean, action philosophers, um, 
You've done Archer and Armstrong for a long time. Some uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Some of my personal favorites are the comic book history of comic books and comic book history of animation. Those are just beautifully crafted. And of course, the reason you're here today is you did Marvel Zombies 3, 4, Returns, One Shots, like a whole five. Yeah, you were all all over the, the zombie verse there. And uh, it, zombies. yeah. And today we're going to talk a little bit about our mummy, the Venn diagram of mummies and zombies. Um, I think it's interesting. It's something that I didn't realize people talked about. And I will throw in a plug for another book I did called Resurrectionists was a creator own book I did for Dark Horse about a bunch of uh, Egyptian tomb robbers who get reincarnated over and over and over again over thousands of years. So I, I do know a not insignificant amount about as well. That's so perfect person uh, to be on here. So I guess let's just start kind of like with the the similarities. You know, what what do you think? I mean, aside from being undead, and even that could be you know, construed in different ways. Like, why do you think mummies and zombies are people interchange them sometimes? Uh, because they're dead bodies that move kind of slowly, traditionally, at least, at least particularly, you know, mummies, at least. There has yet to be an explosion of fast mummy stories, but maybe, hey, maybe I'm giving myself a really commercial idea. Just do that. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That would, I mean, I'd read it. There's also like, le yeah, so yeah, I mean, obviously they're both reanimated corpses, you know. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'll add this as well. They're both basically products of movies, right? Uh, it's not like they, there's a vast, there was a vast array of horror literature about mummies or zombies prior to you know, George Romero called them ghouls, right? And not a living dead. Um, and that basically started the whole zombie thing. And then really no one talked about the mummies at all until that, you know, flick you currently have a photo of behind you. Uh, uh, Boris Karloff's The Mummy, right? In the 30s, in the mid 30s. That probably only came about because of the 1920s Egyptology dis discoveries of King Tutankhamun's uh tomb in the 1920s particularly was a huge era for um you know egyptian stuff was all the rave was yeah all the rave yeah i think it's interesting i saw some people online discussing you know how how they're brought back you know they were like oh well zombies are only through science but you know if you look at like hoodoo voodoo things like that there's mystical zombies and mummies you know kind of like the fast mummies we haven't seen a whole lot of science-based mummies uh it is usually a curse or something but you know so even the way they come back i think is could be kind of swapped out as well well the major difference right is like so not a living dead it's implied that it's radiation um and that the difference is right do you need to spread the zombie is it a virus that's spread during by bites or is it, you know, anybody who dies, basically, who doesn't get an ice pick in their brain, becomes a zombie. And none of it, let's be honest, is terribly scientific. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense if you spend more than half a second thinking about it. Uh, but uh, but that's fine. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, the zomb the, then the mummies, you know, the, the, the Egyptians, you know, mummified people 
to preserve the, the their various souls and vessels for the afterlife, right? So the whole point of mummifying somebody was to make sure their soul or really souls would live on. Um, and it was, again, it was only the movies that, that kind of came up with this idea that you'd actually bring a physical, yeah. the well, physical. And I, I think, you know, kind of switching to the difference, usually you see zombies, you know, there's never, rarely is there one. And that's why I think right. when you look at the resurrection, like, yeah, you, like in voodoo, they'll bring back one person, but you know, you never seen a, a flock of, of mummies, a herd of mummies. Uh, I, I don't know what you call that, but <laughs> well, yeah, because making a mummy is a pain in the ass. You number one, you have to cut out all their guts. Uh, they would extract the brain through your nose with a hook and fill you full of preservatives, basically, and sawdust, and then they'd wrap you up in a in a in in wrappings usually covering some kind of valuables or spells right written on other layers of the wrappings and then you have this really expensive sarcophagus usually made out of wood that you then had to paint the image of the person on top i mean this is labor intensive man you know zombie is just a corpse a mummy is like a zombie with production values yeah you know? well and you know i think we all remember or I do like being a kid and learning that mummification process when they talk about like the red hot hook going up the nostril and yanking the brain out, which always kind of, I mean, that part didn't confuse me, but seeing mummies in film, they seem very smart and driven, you know, like they, they're on a mission. So for them to not right. have brains, they seem real focused, you know, whether it be the Boris Karloff or the Brendan Fraser, Tom, even the Tom Cruise one, um, which I think was fairly underrated, but uh, you, you know, good. Well, I'm sorry, what was that Christopher Lee did a really good one? Yes, yeah, well, I'm, yeah, anything he did, <laughs> but and I, I think that's another thing that appeals uh, to people about mummies is you know it is a character. There's almost like a romanticized version of this undead person you know coming around and trying to get their life back and bring their love back as we see in so, a lot of the films whereas zombies you know for the most part are just hungry you know for brains right. um, in your stories you know what is it what's that challenge there of take you know giving purpose and drive you know the marvel zombies are a little different because they can talk and have stuff. So when, when you're crafting those stories, what are the, some of the challenges and some of the perks of being able to play with the undead? Yeah. You know, I mean the, um, the Marvel zombies is sort of a unique case just because I inherited that from Robert Kirkman and um, they already, they, you know, the, the Marvel zombies seem a little possessed, right? That's another whole subgenre of zombie where, it's not science. It's some kind of like, you know, demons or whatever possess the dead and they will not stop running their mouths and saying and doing inappropriate things, not just eating people. Um, yeah, it was a challenge. Like uh, the first zombie Marvel zombies thing I did was called was Marvel zombies three. And uh, that was back when Marvel had this schizophrenic attitude towards the franchise because it made butt tons of money. I think Marvel Zombie 3 is still my best-selling comic. 
Um, but the they were just starting doing the Disney sale and they were ramping up the movies. And so the brass really freaked out about, you know, eight year olds freaking out that Spider-Man was eating Aunt May's face and then, you know, causing your your action figure and lunchbox revenue to to dip. So when I got it, and let's be honest, that's probably why I got it, the they were like, you can't use any of the headliner characters. So um I came with this idea of robots, Jocasta and Machine Man coming from the Mar- regular Marvel Universe to go check out the the zombie universe. And I still got angry letters from people like, you know, they made it very clear that robots can also become zombies in the Marvel zombies universe. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> uh, that uh, I can't imagine. Like, yeah, it's like your world. It's your world, your toys. You're playing with them and people are telling you like the rules, but. Well, also, like, I was like, like, can rocks become zombies? Like, I understand. Like, how could a robot become a zombie? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, so that was sort of strange. And then the fact that, you know, the zombies could fly. So, like, the world of Marvel zombies is even bleaker than your usual zombie apocalypse because, you know, when Thor becomes a zombie and these ridiculously powered Captain Marvel becomes a zombie, they just eat, every, they eat everything, you know, and so just this wasteland, right? I mean, they ate plants or animals. So it's kind of a bummer <laughs> it's kind of a bummer and then i then with uh recently with dynamite comics i did their their zombie crossover die exclamation point in the might which was like red sonia and vampirella and all those kind of great pulpy characters and that was a little bit different because that was sort of more of a multiversal it was technically a virus but i don't even remember the first zombie thing i did for dynamite was a parody called the, the mocking dead uh, and that was fun. That was that was a bunch of people who had seen a lot of. So the you can see that movie was that there was this think tank, this intelligence think tank that watched movies and TV shows and read comics in case, you know, actual stuff from fiction came into our world. And so the one of the things was a zombie apocalypse. And that was that was a, that was a fun book because I. I was able to exploit something that I feel like no one else really thought about, which is that zombies may be largely dumb and driven solely by hunger but they do have one sense which is uh they can differentiate zombies from non-zombies right um whether that's through smell or sight and they're obviously very reactive sound in most cases so i thought you know that one way to stop the apocalypse was to destroy whatever the faculty that is that zombies have that allow them to differentiate humans from zombies therefore they just ta- attack each other tear each other apart and that's sort of how they end up solving the problem yeah, so that was fun um but yeah it's it there's something about the the you know the irrevocable unstoppable terror and enemy that's just a very kind of universal you know genre that can just be applied to all sorts of different things you know we've seen Wild West zombies, superhero zombies, space zombies, you know, it's just uh, sword and sorcery zombies, obviously. It's just a very kind of universal thing. The mummy, the mummies obviously are stuck in, for the most part, um, uh, Egyptian, you know, mythology and culture. And, and then they have that cultural affect when they're not, you know, Aztec zombies, which is a whole other thing. Uh, uh, there's all Chinese zombies. Uh, or mummies rather sorry so yeah so it's so zombies are a bit more universal than mummies well and then also zombies uh, a lot of time even going back to like george romero and stuff 
zombies, I feel like, can be used and have been used pretty successfully sometimes as a sub in for like some cultural commentary and for things like that that you don't necessarily get with mummies um right. so that you can do more and you know you hit a little bit on the subgenre of zombies there's in researching about this i've discovered so many subgenres. i just thought they were like fast zombies and slow zombies and that was like where it stopped but there's so so many more um, zombies fly what's oh yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean you got thor zombies that have lightning and all this stuff now it's uh but so when in in your stories you know and your experiences has it been uh, taking the zombie you know maybe not necessarily the marvel zombies like you said because it's kind of a whole different monster for lack of a better word but when, when you're writing more your stuff um your zombies or and or the mummies it, do you find that it is easier to kind of add a little extra with it? You mean because, like you know, like you're saying, the mummies are stuck in Egypt, but the zombies not only are universal—I mean, literally universal—but also the 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 subs and stuff you can do for it. Uh, have you ever got to you know really play with that and have fun with that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, particularly when I did Marvel Zombies Five, there they, that was a whole multiversal thing. So there we did. Marvel West zombies. We had zombies in sort of a cyberpunk future with Iron Man 2020. We had uh, zombies in King Arthur times. So the Black Knight got to be involved. And then probably my favorite is I really enjoyed Kill Raven, the War of the World sequel science fiction post-apocalypse story from the 70s. And so we got to have zombies with the uh, the Kill Raven and the War of the Worlds people. That was that was that was awesome. That was super fun. And, you know, going back to the mummies, we talk about they're stuck in Egypt or they're stuck in a museum, but those, my kids just marathoned uh, nine at the three Nine at the Museum movies over the last couple of weeks. So that's right on my brain. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like you can play with those as well, though, you know, even though, like, you talk about Egyptian mythology, you know, that's so vast. And as far as mythologies go, that's one that most people... I'm air quoting here. No, you know, they, they, they think they know and stuff. Um, so you have a little bit of familiarity there too. Is that something that uh, you, you think you know, hinders or helps, you know, like you said, people giving you notes about robots can, can be zombies, you know, it would be like, Oh, well, right. raw actually does this and da da da. Now I really want to do a mummies versus zombies series. That would be fun. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I I don't think I've ever actually written a story with an reanimated mummies, even though I have done some some um, ancient Egypt stuff. Uh, I know Anne Rice tried to turn like the mummy into like a romance, do her like goth romance thing with it at one point. I can see it. I I always like monsters as heroes. You know what I mean? Like I I would be inclined to have a mummy who was like an Egyptologist, you know, badass, ass yeah. kicker, you know, yeah. like that's, I think what I would want to do most with, with a mummy is actually not have it be the antagonist, but instead the protagonist, that would be kind of a good time. I think. Did you, did you see the, the Tom Cruise mummy? I didn't. So that, that kind of, so spoilers, um, that, that, that has the mummy, the evil mummy, but then, 
by the end of the movie, Tom Cruise gets mummy powers and goes off to set it to like unite the monsters. And then of course that whole universe fell apart, but it was enjoyable. Um, you know, it's one of those, I paid money to see it. I don't know that I would recommend that, but stream it. And it, it's a lot of fun. Right. Um, I, know that, I know that Universal is trying to do a whole, they've tried a couple times to do a whole kind of monsters shared universe. Good buddy of mine, in fact, was called in the consult nice. on that whole thing. I just don't, it's, uh, you know, as DC's finding out, it's not easy to reproduce those cinematic universes, you know. Uh, but with that, you know, and you you mentioned a zombies versus mummies book, which signed me up. Like I'm I'm already sold. <laughs> I tried to pitch a, a zombies versus vampires book one time, and it yeah, it, it it's not out. Needless to say, <laughs> people didn't like it. But um, so it was zombies versus vampire vampires versus zombies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because it's like, well, they're both kind of undead, and the, but what do they eat? They can't eat each other because, you know, I had scienced it out in that, you know, though they can't, the undead can't eat the undead, and so the zombies couldn't recognize. But it's also an advantage mummies have, right? Is they don't need to eat because they don't have any stomachs. Right. Yeah. They is. I mean, but they still consume in the weird way. Like I, I go to the Brendan Fraser mummy because that's the one most people know. I mean, I love the Boris Karloff one, obviously, but. You know, we have Emotep walking around and like picking apart the Americans, you know, eating their eyes and then their tongue and then stuff. Okay. Um, I saw them going to the theater in the 90s, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. My, my kids are like, because I'm in the movie, so they're in the movie, so we get to rewatch all the, like, they're getting old enough to where we can do PG 13 movies and stuff like that. So right. it's like me reliving my childhood and I love it. Uh, but, what you know when you were talking for some reason i it popped in my head because i think the first shared universe and people will probably i'll probably get all sorts of comments about this but i think abbott and costello kind of had the first shared unit because they visited all the monsters and then they visited all the monsters at once um a course in writing for shared universes right now i hadn't thought of that that it well you know you make a good point which is that the Universal Monsters, because don't forget, doesn't House of Frankenstein predate Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein? So ergo, wouldn't House of Frankenstein be then the first shared universe? Because then you had Dracula and you had the werewolf and you had Frankenstein? That's sort of an interesting argument to make, right? There is. Uh, man, I, I mean, I, they're close. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of time difference between them, but I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I uh, I teach a film class. I should know this. Uh but what what are some other? Oh. Say, House of Frankenstein was nineteen forty four. I was correct, and I think Evan Costello and Frankenstein are the next year after that. Forty eight, three, so four okay. years after. So, so, House of Frankenstein predates, and that means, and did House of Frankenstein come before or after Frankenstein versus the Wolfman? Before, right or back? Jeez, I don't know. that's that's interesting. Um, okay, so Frankenstein meets the Wolfman was the first one. Okay. So if you want to make the argument that that is the beginning of the of the Universal Monster cinematic universe, go for it. I'd be um, curious. Uh, you mentioned your class, and uh, we want I want to plug that real quick. Sure. Because uh, it's with well, Comics Experience, right? It is. We started, and we're in the second week, so enrollment is closed, but <laughs> we'll offer it again at some point. I don't know. Yeah, you've done, and you've done uh, another class or two there. Yep, uh, I've done yeah. several. I do one, one at least once a year. 
I've okay. done one since about 2019. Yeah, and those are some great resources. I'm um, I haven't taken any of the classes, but I'm on the the boards and the group. You know, the I'm not at the pay tier because uh, yeah, but uh, there's some some great stuff there. But what you know, we talk about mixing these two. Um, what are some other monsters? You know, ignoring Abbott and Costello and Universal and stuff. What are some what are some other good monsters or or just good characters you think would would work well with zombies and or mummies? I think Indiana Jones would have to fight a mummy at some point, right? Um, Lara Croft. Uh, yeah, you know, zombies I think work for for almost everything just because, you know, the it's another sort of thing zombies have over mummies is the thematic relevance of the idea of consumption yeah it's a very sort of universal concept um and probably why most cultures uh in the world have either a zombie or a vampire you know before it was all this space is taken up by vampires who in many many traditions you know are slobbering corpse beasts right and they're not the the sexy i'm coming into your bedroom window you know seducer type it's very much like a european 19th century concept um that stoker perfected in dracula um you know i'm i'm doing a fun fairy tale horror story right now that i can't tell too much about because it hasn't been announced yet but like it's fun those early stories are all super gruesome so i'm kind of thinking about that like you know you know, Little Mermaid d dissolves in the bloody foam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I think it's it's worth mentioning. You know, not only Disney updating everything, but I, I think that's something uh, you hit on earlier about movies really cementing these ideas into our heads. You know, Karloff and the Mummy, Disney and the Fairy Tales, Romero and the the Undead. Um, and I, but books also, you know, especially comic books, you know, another, um, I mean, I can talk to them blue in the face as to whether or not film is an American medium, uh, but comic books, I feel like are very much like an American, uh, medium, you know, just like jazz and stuff like that. Um, I get, yeah, there's arguments to be made, uh, back and forth on that, but when, when it comes to that, you know, do you think, I mean, I, I feel like zombies lend themselves to long form because like you said, there's so much, but with mummies, you know, I, do you think it lends itself better to short form over long form? And when, and when I, and for people listening, like when, when I say that, you know, talking like a five issue series or one book versus, you know, a, like your um, Hercules run that was 20 some odd issues, you know? So um, I feel like you could do more with zombies um but right. i don't know not really okay now i really want to do a mummy series <laughs> as long as i just get like a thank you in the byline that, that's all i need <laughs> well absolutely 100 uh well there was uh nikai the living mummy from the mid-70s was a more one of the marvel during the marvel uh so as many of your listeners i'm sure know the comics code in the early 70s, removed its prohibition against monsters, which is why 
in in across comics, but Marvel was particularly noteworthy for you know starting out and and you know interestingly in Spider-Man, right, you had Morbius introduced, you know, the original get it's Morbi time, right? Which, but he was like a. They called him the living vampire, right? Because you couldn't have undead, you can, right? That was one exactly. of the. Yeah, but I think that that I I'm I'm a little confused on the chronology, but Stan Lee in those days in the early seventies, he did that with a with a provision in the code about drug use that they did this kind of very stay very dated and heavy handed kind of Green Goblin storyline with drug use that was depicted as best as you know 50 year old men could <laughs> uh but uh uh or 70 or whatever it was um so there was like the soft rollout of the monsters in amazing spider-man where you had uh man wolf right who was john jameson j john jameson's son and morbius both of whom were science fiction monsters right like morbius got his his uh vampirism from vampire bat blood as one does uh and john jameson was an astronaut who found some like crazy werewolf gem and that turned into the man but then once they took the the restrictions out altogether then you had two dracula they just went straight for us then marvel did a frankenstein series then they did they did werewolf by night which was true which is probably the best of the monster Marvel monster books. I have not ever, I'm not to mention, I never, there's something about Gene Colan's depiction of Dracula that's always put me off. I don't like that, like, oh, sleazy pimp mustache. Yeah. Rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but uh, the living mummy showed up for a couple issues. He's a fun trivia question because he was under those mummy wrappings. He is an, he is a, he's a Nubian, right? He's one of the early black Marvel characters. Again, he's wrapped up in mummy wrapping, so it's often hard to tell. And so he, you know, it, and and yeah, they always do the thing. It's been a long time since I've read those issues. They're behind me in that bookcase somewhere. But uh, it was a, for some reason they get obsessed, probably because the the Boris Karloff movie did it with this idea that there's some reincarnation of. Uh, and the Egyptians didn't really believe in reincarnation. They just, I don't know whether this they kind of stuck this on the Egyptians. Uh, the idea that there's some princess that the mummy's in love with who's running around reincarnated. Yeah. They did the same thing with the living bunny. Yes. Yeah. And that Hawkman story that we've seen, you know, um, his whole thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. And that, that's, again, one of these reasons I talked a little bit off my, um, my kid's history teacher, high school AP history was like saying that Egyptians were afraid that mummies were going to come back as zombies and all this stuff. I was like, that's just not true like they didn't have have yeah it's it's been a whole thing but um it's uh, yeah I, I think it's interesting though you know when when we talk about all the work you, earlier you mentioned all the work that went into making a mummy to creating not just a mummy but the the tomb and uh you know it's we're not watching ancient aliens or anything so we're going to say humans built all that and did everything um and yeah for it to just uh, I don't know, like I, and that's why Dave I keep going. Faber can do a lot of work that can appear to be done by aliens. Yeah, <laughs> um, I saw this 
on that. Like I saw a thing where it's like, maybe that's just the best way to stack bricks. Like, cause they're like trying to explain when they're all over the world. It's like, maybe that's just a good way, a sturdy way to stack bricks. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, good. but the, again, I think while I've been doing this, this, I feel like romance, the mummies are the, not counting vampires. Cause like you said, there's, you have some vampire, the Anrice vampires, but then you have like true vampires that are just gritty, dirty, violent um i feel like the the romantic idea of the mummies you know that they have this big court uh this you know temple for them and or and to praise their gods and things um i think that's a you know it all started this whole spiel started with they're just undead for different socioeconomic backgrounds and i think that's the appeal of the mummies is you know we like to watch like the James Bonds, the cool, suave, rich people. Um, and that's a whole nother topic and show and stuff. And then, like you said, zombies play more on that, like just primal fear, um, the hunger, want, destruction and stuff. But I, uh, yeah, I, I think. What was that? Zombies without borders. Yeah, exactly. Man, you're coming up with all sorts of great books, like in this chat. <laughs> write some of this stuff down. Um, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously, the zombie virus is the great leveler, right? Because it can stop. You know, when somebody becomes a zombie, they'll eat mom, dad, sister, wife, husband, kids, pets. You know, whatever. Whatever happens to blunder into their within groping distance. Yeah. Uh, while the mummy, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that's the difference? Is that's why the romantic aspect of it is so crucial for the mummy because the mummies always have personal motivations, right? They're they don't. It's not just this uh, desire for food. And again, then it also makes you wonder if they, if if your if your kid's teacher was right and the mummies won, they're worried if the mummies coming back. Why not chop their legs off? I mean, why are you going through this? this you're going pulling everything else out. Yeah, to, you know, <laughs> preserve them. I mean, chop their arms off, and they can't use weapons to come at you know. They can't grope you, you know. That that requires too much thought for this guy. Like, uh, <laughs> he's he's yeah. But well, all right. To wrap it up, I, I'm gonna one last question: Who would win in a fight, a mummy or a zombie? You know, I, I I'm going to. Uh, go with the mummy here. If only because the zombies only real the zombies mindless hunger, you would assume is not going to, the mummy's not in danger of that, right? Because he's so desiccated, presumably, like he's not alive, obviously, and zombies don't eat other zombies. But the mummy, you know, um, who again, not only doesn't have a stomach, but also doesn't have a brain. So I don't know why I'm acting like the mummy is like smarter than the zombie, but I think it kind of is for the most part. We see the mummies usually, you know, have a bit more going on upstairs. Um, so then therefore the mummy doesn't even have the zombie's main weakness, which is getting shot in the head. The yeah. mummy cares. You know, there's nothing there to it's just whoosh, empty air up there, you know. Uh, so clearly mummies are like spiritually empowered, right? They've got to have some kind of like ghost essence uh, animating them. Otherwise, they'd still be in their sarcophagi. 
Um, so because as far as I can tell, a mummy has less a lot of fights, I feel like, are determined by who can take the most abuse. Right? You outlast your you don't necessarily pummel your opponent. You know, Muhammad Ali was a genius at this. He let his opponent exhaust himself fighting him, and then Ali would go in for the big knockout. I've I'm seeing the mummy at this the Ali in this in this scenario. Um because he can outlast the zombie because he doesn't have any of the zombie's weaknesses, if that makes sense. Yeah. And their strength level about the same. And if the mummy has cognitive faculties for some reason, again, even though he doesn't have a brain, he can use weapons, right, and outsmart the zombie somehow with his spiritual intelligence. I, I buy it. I, I think I think that's a great answer. But well, awesome. Well, Frank, tell uh, we we've hit on a few of the things you're working on and stuff. Um, tell everybody what you can say about what you're working. Right now, coming out for Dynamite. If you're a fan of the Pathfinder role playing game, I'm doing their Pathfinder role playing game uh, comics, which is currently called Wake the Dead. It's very much appropriate for this um, podcast because it's set the, in in the world of Pathfinder. There's an entire nation of zombies and mummies and vampires and blah, 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 called Geb. And that's what that story is set. It's called Pathfinder Wake the Dead. It's on comic stands right now. Um, and I have other fun horror stuff coming up. And uh, I will definitely put you and, and and the podcast, The Night Nerd, on my list of places to, to check out and, and send it to once that's out. It's it's uh, it's called Murder Kingdom. It should be pretty terrific. The first issue is spectacular. Nice. Uh, but it's unannounced, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> publisher but uh when that's announced i will definitely be coming your way awesome thank you so much well thank you so much for doing this and uh stay watch out for zombies out there that's right i i i, I keep one eye behind me <laughs> okay so as you saw we we kind of agreed that they're not quite the zombies there are some similarities but i think it's just the whole ideology of a mummy and what they are um, is what separates them. But I don't know. Let me know what you think. As always, you can leave comments below here on SoundCloud or hit me up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads, Blue Sky, I don't know, whatever is out there. Um, I'm on most of them. Just look for The Night Nerd. You can email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. And no matter what you think, whether you think mummies or zombies or not, just know that you're on the wrong side of the river.